We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division I ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Welcome back to another episode of the Field of 68 Off the Carousel series. My name is Rob Doster, and I have with me today new Fordham head coach, Keith Ergo. Keith, I appreciate you being here today. I know you're driving. You're a busy man. Oh, no, I appreciate you having me. No, no problem. Just driving into the beautiful Bronx, baby. <laughs> so uh, the biggest story of the offseason in college basketball this year was the bombshell that Jay Wright was retiring as the, the head coach at Villanova. And, and your story is directly connected to that story for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that uh, the man that brought you to Fort him with him, Kyle Neptune, was named the successor to write at Villanova. So let's let's go through that day that all of this happened, right? When did you hear about Jay retiring? When did you find out that Kyle was going to end up getting the job? Like how how did that all play out for you? You, you guys won't believe this, but I literally had no idea that Jay Wright was – Retiring. I mean, you hear things all the time over the final four. People had mentioned stuff, but obviously, you know, nobody ever believed anything like that. They talked like, you know, he was all, all head coaches, right? They're leaving mm-hmm. this day, you know, this year. Uh, he's heading to the NBA this year. It's constant talk always around the final four, right, about everybody. But I had heard some things at that point, and I just didn't really pay him any mind, didn't believe him. Um, and then – it was Wednesday afternoon. I'm down in Orlando with another one of our assistants, Ronald Ramon. We're recruiting one of our uh, incoming freshmen, went down to visit him. And we get a call, or I get a call. I, first, I got a text 
saying, yo, who are you around from Coach Neptune uh, about 5.30 in the afternoon or evening. And I'm like, oh, I'm by myself. And he's like, well, just if you can, I'm calling you now. Pick up the phone. So I picked up the phone. I'm at a hotel down in Orlando. And he calls. He said, yo, um, you, you, you by yourself? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm by myself. And he's like, well, uh, got something to tell you. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm, uh, I'm headed to Villanova. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I just signed a deal with Villanova. I'm like, wait a second. What do you mean to play? To like play, you know, in the non-conference? That's fantastic. He's like, no, no, no. I just signed a contract to become the next head coach of Villanova. And I was like, yeah, right. I just started laughing. I was like, yeah, right. And uh, he's like, no, coach Jay Wright's uh, – Jay Wright's going to announce his retirement at about 7.30 tonight. We need to get on an emergency Zoom with the team at 7. I'm like, what? Then I was just – I was in absolute shock, stunned, um, couldn't believe it. And uh, it's pretty much – Ronald Ramon was with me at the hotel, not next to me, and I immediately called him and told him, and he just started laughing, not believing me. It, it was – everybody was just kind of in a shock and all, and, you know, more so I couldn't believe that, that Kyle was able to keep everything that was going on as quiet as he did. Um, and obviously everybody who was involved as quiet as they did, but it was a complete shock that we got on a zoom call with the team about seven or seven thirty, something like that told the team. Um, everybody was kind of in shock, but it had just kind of broken on social media about 15, 20 minutes before we met with the team. And then obviously the AD was, was in shock as well. Got on later with the team myself to announce me as the active head coach up until that point, which was funny because we were scheduled to do an in-home visit down in Atlanta with one of our recruits that Friday night. Um, so I, as you can imagine, when something like that happens, you have to get a hold of your own team. You have to get a hold of your incoming freshmen. Uh, I still went down and did the in-home visit with our two assistants with that player and his mother, which we ended up getting to commit the next week, uh, which obviously helped me get become the head coach. It was just a crazy 40, 48, 72, I don't know, two weeks. So <laughs> – so after that happened, right? You're you're named the interim head coach. What what was that the time between being named the interim and being named the the full time head coach? Like, how was that stressful? Were you nervous? Were you expecting it? Were you just too busy to even know what was going on? Well, I was too busy to know what was going on, but obviously it's stressful. It's hectic. I mean, I, I've been the associate head coach. I've been doing it for you know 16 years at this level, um, and an additional four at the highest of high school levels in Gonzaga. So, I mean, I've been in it for 20 years. It, it was, you know, naturally I wanted to be the head coach. I thought I would have the best opportunity to become the head coach. Everybody on our team, all of a sudden in that Zoom, originally said to Coach Neptune, you know, well, we want it. We, we want Ergo to be the head coach. And Kyle was like, look, you know, that's, I, I do too. You know, if that's the case, you guys got to go to bat for him. I kind of just left it kind of just, you know, I didn't say anything. I just let it go. Um, but obviously all of our staff um, who we retained everybody um, except for one who ended up going to become an assistant coach 
uh, at another school, but it was, it, it, you know, it, it was kind of an, uh, a promotion for him. But, you know, everybody rallied for me. The, the, the players rallied for me. And incoming freshmen decided they wanted to come and rally for me. And so obviously that was a big push and extremely helpful for me. So I just, I just kind of continued like I was the head coach. That's the way the AD and I, Ed Cole and I kind of moved forward. Uh, and I, I knew I had a great shot to become the next head coach. And I just prepared to become, you know, everything kind of happened quickly. You had the May 1st deadline for, for, for transfer portal, which was important and probably helped me as a result, because, you know, with all the, the incoming freshmen, with all the returning players, um, you know, that was obviously looming in the administration's mind. So, um, that, that certainly helped me and everything happened so quickly with the interview process and the announcement. What does it mean to have a team back you like that, to have a team fight for you to be the guy that's coaching them? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing quite like it. That's why you do it. Right. That's why we all got into this business. It's, it's for the relationships. It's to create, you know, the authentic relationships we have something we do uniquely. I think we learned that from Jay Wright carried it on to Penn state and obviously you know, Kyle here at Fordham, that's a big thing for us. Some really strong relationships with guys. That's what we concentrate on. Um, and it means the world to me and my family that, you know, all these guys would want me to become the head coach. They want to continue to build on what we already started here at Fordham, which was a, which was a high level season, somewhere we're excited about, but not satisfied with. And I think it's just, everybody came here to do something special, both, players and staff and everybody wants to continue that the, the, the support from the administration and, and uh, the athletic department has been through the roof. I think unlike any other time uh, at Fordham and I've known about the program for a long time. My father played here as a freshman in 1954, graduated in 1959, graduated law school here in 62. So, you know, this is the greatest time at, at Fordham athletics because of the leadership um, the changeover, everybody's supportive. So, um, I, you know, it means the world to me. And I, I think as a result, we've built something that could be really successful here in the future. Yeah. So you, you mentioned the season that you have last season, you finished 500, you went eight and 10 in the Atlantic 10. And I want to put that into context because, uh, Fordham has not finished above 500 in Atlantic 10 place since 2007. In the last three years that Jeff Newbauer was there, uh, they won seven combined conference games. So how do you, how do you continue building on that success? How do you how do you keep this momentum going in that upper trajectory? Yeah, you know, obviously everything's related to players, right? So um, as a result, you know, Coach Neptune and our staff were phenomenal. We had, you know, the transfer portal is an interesting thing. You want to balance that with some incoming freshmen. But, you know, we're in the Atlantic 10, which we think is one of the best conferences in the country. But we're kind of sandwiched between that power five and the lower levels, so to speak. And it's a great opportunity for guys from the Power Five to come down maybe a notch and be really successful. And it's a great opportunity for some of the mid-majors to come up a level in their minds instead of going straight up to the Power Five. So we're sandwiched right in between. So it's a perfect, perfect opportunity for kids to come in and participate at the highest levels. It's a basketball conference. We're in the it, it, what many people believe, and certainly we do, the greatest city in the world. So it's an opportunity for us to recruit at a very high level. Um, you know, Fordham's academics is top 50 in the country. It's just a perfect marriage. So we were able to get some tremendous recruits and uh, mixed with 
four guys who returned, one being Chuba Ohams, who had a breakout year. Um, it's a shame we don't have him for longer because uh, he had 21 double-doubles, broke a, a, a single-season record at Florida, uh, top five rebounding in the country. You know, all those good things. And, you know, we really had some synergy in the locker room, which was key. And a lot of those guys are returning, which bodes well for, for the future. So I think that's, that's the key, um, bringing in the right type of kids to Fordham, having these guys return after one year in our program, knowing what we expect uh, is going to be really, really helpful for me in my first year. Yeah, so the job in your first year did not get any easier. URI brought in Archie Miller. UMass brought in uh, Frank Martin. LaSalle hired a Philly legend in Fran Dumphy. Uh, GW brought in a guy that's going to have a ton of success or that has had a ton of success at a similar local program in Chris Caputo. Uh, and you already have great coaches at the top of that league, Bob McKilla, Mike Rhodes, uh, Travis Ford, um, Mark Schmidt. Like there, there's, there's great coaching in that conference. So – it feels like this is a league that's trending back towards that three to four to five bid uh, level. A rising tide lifts all ships, but it also makes the job that you have to get to that top five that much harder. So uh, how are you viewing the conference? And is this a good thing that it's getting better? Oh, there's no question. It's a good thing that it's getting better. Hey, the more notoriety for the conference, the better. I mean, I'm no stranger to high level basketball being at Penn State, somewhat starting at the bottom, moving our program up with bad chambers to a top 10 program in the country in 2018 um you know so it's uh it's exciting for me you get to go against some of the best i mean fortunately we got one year up on those two programs um and we got a lot of high level players returning guys that we think potentially be all conference we have arguably the best uh, freshman class in the history of fordham so i mean it just kind of brings the best out of out of us um you know it's uh it's also good for our administration to see you know we need to continue to step up and support. Obviously, other programs are going to continue to do what they've been doing. But I think it's great for the conference. Uh, the more notoriety, the, the better. We felt like we should have had at least four teams in last year with with uh, with Dayton and NBCU getting snubbed. Um, you know, we think we have uh, as many teams as four or five that are capable of getting in this year. And I, I think that is fantastic for the league. I think everybody's really excited about the future of the Atlantic 10 with Loyola Chicago being added. So I, I'm I'm beyond pumped to be a part of it and just uh, looking to get started. So you coached at a, a powerhouse high school um, in D.C., Gonzaga High School, obviously. You coached at Villanova, yes, you coached at Penn State, and now you are at Fordham. I know that you have some great stories, so give me your funniest or your craziest or your wildest or uh, the, the best bar story that you have when it comes to the recruiting trail. Jeez, oh, that's a tough one, man. When it comes to the recruiting trail, put me on the spot. I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, there's the, the, one of the funniest things, obviously, is it's great that um, at Penn State, you know, having a lot of football money is always nice, right? So we had these golf. What We, uh, we used to travel. Um, Pat Chambers was very creative in, in recruiting. So the, the golf and tennis teams have these huge souped up, ridiculous vans with the with the Penn State the Nittany Lion logo on the sides huge blue vans right so anytime that we would travel into Philadelphia for recruiting or DC or even Pittsburgh we would jump in these vans because they were two and a half three hour commutes right and fully loaded so what we would do is and it used to piss off a bunch of the other schools I remember going to Emotep Charter School in downtown Philly and we were going uh, to, to recruit 
you know, like to a bunch of different, different schools. And it was one of the prime recruiting times. And we pulled up with this huge van right in the front of the school, blasting the fight song. We had, uh, we had like uh, Madden playing and a big screen TV inside the van. We had the flags going and we were pumping the alma mater as we pulled up to the front of the charter school. There were a bunch of college coaches outside. Like I remember, Kevin Willard being at Seton Hall, being like, what the F is going on? This is so unfair. He came in, he got in the van, he picked up a controller, started playing Madden. All the kids from the school were crowding around the van. A bunch of the kids wanted to come out and check it out. So it was, uh, you know, all the coaches, we walked inside to the open gym. All the coaches were all talking about it and pissed off. But that's one definitely memorable, memorable uh uh, recruiting story I can remember. I also remember going rolling into like North Philly to Tony Carr's in home visit, Lamar Stevens, Nazir Bostic, Mike Watkins in that van, and everybody turning their heads. It definitely made people turn their heads and be like, "Wow, Penn State's here." So those were some of the some of the easy memories that I'm allowed to share. But um, you know, you put me on the spot. I'm sure I'll think of a few more later. But well, when when I eventually buy a, a field of '68 van for road trips that we go on, I'm going to let you be the one that decides how to pack that thing out. You said you had a flat screen with Madden in there. Yeah, all right, okay. You're you're putting together this van for me. But listen, Keith, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you for being here. Congrats on getting this job at Fordham, and hopefully we'll catch up soon down the road. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much.